Yes, God's love will prevail. Yes, but he wants to use you. So stop taking a back seat and realize if you're still here, then you have an assignment from the Lord to speak up and to be his mouthpiece. And you can't be afraid, you can't be ashamed to say, and you would say it in a loving way, that's fine, but you need to speak up and give them the alternative. So church of God, we have to know the word of God and we have to be with our swords sharpened with the discernment of the Lord, knowing how to speak truth, when to speak truth and know that when you speak it, God will use you. It's not going to be comfortable. So get over that. It's not going to be comfortable, but, but if you, but it's their life. I guess I just look at it as a life, a soul that God assigned you. If you're in their life, God assigned you to speak. He assigned to speak. So Saturday, we had another situation that came about and that somebody was getting delivered of, of being involved in certain things that they did not know was, was wrong. They had no clue. See, but it's this, what I'm saying here today, if we don't speak up and tell them that this is not godly, you're not, say, you're, not, you're not putting yourself over them, being prideful. You're telling them the truth because you love them. If we, if we have a generation of silent Christians, which is what the world wants to do, he wants to silence you, intimidate you, you know, shut down your platforms where you're going to speak anything that is of value, right? So I'm trying to shut you down. The enemy is. But if we have a generation that is, is not going to speak up for truth, slowly but surely, blinders come on. They will come on to people that we love. We know it already has happened, but, but it'll just continue, right? And so this situation that happened on the, our last service, this lady did not know what she was doing was wrong, and she said it. She said, I had no idea. And, and some of you that were here know because she manifested in a really, you know, um, vocal, very, well, she manifested in a very strong way. Um, couldn't, but she couldn't speak, but she was being tormented and contorted and everything, and she, her, her voice was being blocked and gagged but when she finally came free she had to renounce her involvement in crystals in energy healing crystals in rocks that they use in witchcraft witches and new age they had the bracelet the beads that they have all this, and what is it? These are invoked to bring in demonic spirits. She had said she also did sage, will you burn it? And the, the, the point, or at least what they're told, is you burn this thing and it's supposed to get rid of evil spirits. No, quite the contrary, you bring them in. Christians not knowing this, and I had somebody else tell me about a mattress that now is being sold with, these, with crystals and such in them, and that many... Christians, and not just Christians, but pastors are saying it's okay. This is good because you feel better. There is pleasure in sin for a season, but in the end it leads to death. And we have to know the word of God. And we have to know that in the world that we live in, you guys, it is your job to find out what's going on. It is your job. Don't bury your head in the sand. It is your job to know what are you looking at, what are you buying, where are you going. It is your job. We are holy vessels before God. And if a holy vessel is going to stay holy, 
you've got to take care of your temple. You have to take care of your temple so that you can stay sharp because you have an assignment. You have a job to do, to speak forth truth because we have a dying generation of children that are being told a whole bunch of disgusting, demonic junk, and they're not trying to hide it. They're being very, very, very vocal, very much in their face. The wickedness prevails. Yes, God's love will prevail. Yes, but he wants to use you. So stop taking a back seat and realize if you're still here, then you have an assignment from the Lord to speak up and to be his mouthpiece. And you can't be afraid, you can't be ashamed to say, and you would say it in a loving way, that's fine. But you need to speak up and give them the alternative. Some of these kids don't know there is an alternative because they've been raised in this filth. They've been raised from a little child that this other way of living is acceptable. They've been taught that at school. They read it in their books, they hear it in their songs, they see it on the commercials, they hear it in their little preschool books and in TV. Come on, in cartoons. Don't you just let them sit in front of the TV and just go to the other room and do something else? It's like sitting them in front of the demons and going, okay, I'll be back after. No, you can't do that. Some of us have grandchildren. I don't care how cute that little animal is on that, on that show. Stay there and make sure you know what's going in their ear gate. It's your job. Is that what I'm too busy? You're too busy to not do that. It's like saying I'm too busy to not pray. You're too busy to not pray. You've got too much on your life to not pray. Church can't be asleep. We have to be awake. Because people are dying. Literally. And then you have, going back to that, that um, festival, Travis Scott, that there was a like you had to have an adult buy your ticket. So there was an age limit to even get in. So why were all these 13-year-olds there then? Because somebody bought them a ticket. Somebody that was a supposedly adult bought a ticket. So for these young people, why? So that they could be exposed to demonic invoking of demon spirits. And a lot of these are Christians. Don't you tell me that this is just the world. A lot of these are come from Christian homes. A lot of them come from pastors. They're pastors' kids that have been enticed and evil. So we have to realize something. I don't know. Maybe this is too much for you. Maybe this is just too real. But it is true. And I'm like telling you like this thing because just just happened. But then I'm telling you other things like crystals and rocks and such. Let me tell you. Somebody goes, oh, well, you know, rocks are in the earth and God created them. Yes, but he didn't create them for you to invoke demons and for you to trust in that rock. The only rock we trust in is the rock of Jesus Christ. He is the only rock. We stand on that rock. We believe on the rock of Christ. We're not putting our faith in these rocks. We don't, we're not, but they are. They're charging them with the sunlight so that they can actually, you know, bring forth the energy that they, their bodies are needing so that they can come into alignment and, and be healed? Why don't we just trust that God is our healer? Why don't we just trust that God is our healer? How about, how about Christian parents being okay with their child smoking pot? Oh, now I'm stepping on some people's toes. I just talked to somebody just yesterday. Same. Same thing. Stop 
with the shame right now. You guys, you have to realize your silence is giving them access to the demons. Oh, somebody needs to hear that. Your silence. Do something about it. If it's in your house, do something about it. Put up some boundaries. Do something about it. Kick those demons out. Don't allow it. Don't have their blood on your hands. Who, who is teaching this? Like years ago, you, I would hear this kind of preaching. But we have to know something. God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. What you allow under your roof is your responsibility. And God will hold us responsible. So we have to know and we have to do what's right. Remember, we are temples of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Your house is too. Your dwelling place is too. You know me. I will tell you what I need to tell you, what the Spirit of the living God has spoken. I don't, I'm not skirting around any issues. I'm not going to tiptoe because I care and I love you too much to not tell you the truth. So you think about it. You think about what the Spirit of God is saying here today. What he is saying is sharpen your sword and walk upright. Because there's a lot of people that are walking in mixture. A lot of Christians walking in mixture. Partnering with both sides. Trying to play both sides of the fence. We already know what the Word of God says about that. You don't want to be spewed. I'd rather you be hot, cold. Don't be lukewarm. We have to know our place. Some of you go, I don't know how to do that. I'm married to the guy. <laughs> what do I do? I'm married to him. God will show you. Don't you think God's going to show you what you need to do? Don't you believe that God, you pray is what you do. You stand in authority and you pray and you hear the voice of God and you do what he tells you to do. You have to do what God tells you to do, but you got to pray and you got to know that he'll speak to you. I hope that you're hearing what I'm saying here today because I'm telling you there's too much mixture in the church. We just talked about first Peter divine power. Oh, is divine power. People go, Oh, they love that. But they, when it comes to them, Oh, now she's getting a little too un I'm uncomfortable because she's stepping all over my toes. Now she's in my business. If you want that divine power, then you're going to have to walk singly wholeheartedly for the Lord without compromise. Amen. That's what it requires. You guys. There's a price to pay for righteousness, to walk godly, to walk holy. But the end is good, a good fruit. We want good fruit to come out of our lives. Don't you want good fruit to come out of your lives? Don't you want to love God with everything within you, all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, all of your will, everything? The more that you love God, the more that you fall in love with God, the more you realize, my goodness, these are the things... They don't have hold of my heart any longer. They don't. They don't have a place in my heart any longer. The more that you fall in love with Jesus. Amen? Amen. Amen. Turn to John 6. So when you come to church, I expect you to hear, be used to hearing the word and be sharpened. When you come to church, I expect for you to believe that she's going to bring a word that based, on, based from the word, and it's going to change my life. If I'm willing to hear the truth, 
If you're willing to hear the truth, you're going to go up to that next level. You've got too many people tickling your ears and saying, I see rainbows and I see, you know, expansion over you. And the reality is it's a false prophet that's just speaking what you want to hear. And they're going to be accountable to God one day. Amen. And you know we believe in prophecy. And you know that we move in all the gifts of the Spirit here. So it's not that we don't believe in that. Are you kidding? I don't even know how to function without all that. <laughs> I'm like attached to the Holy Spirit all the time. But I also believe in bringing the pure, unadulterated word of God. And we must have that, you guys. We have to have that, you guys. Because the enemy is a master deceiver. So let's look at John in the feeding of the 5,000. John uh, 6. John 6 and in verse 5. And I'm just going to give you some quick, some, like just a few quick points. And in John 6, 5, it says here, Jesus lifted up his eyes and seeing a great multitude coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Where shall we buy bread that these here may eat? Say it's a test. Why is it a test? Because Jesus really didn't have that question. Jesus was really not wondering where are we going to buy bread? It's a test. When something's happening in your life uh, and you hear, you know, and you're like, I don't know what to do. It's a test. It's a test. But Jesus already has the answers because he already knows yesterday from today, right? Okay, so he says, where are we going to buy bread? That these here, oh, 5,000 of them plus, where, where are they going to eat? Look at verse 6. But he said this to, but he said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Say, God already has the answers. He already knows what he's going to do. There is no surprise in the kingdom. He, the, yesterday, today, and forever, it's already written. Actually, all of your days are written too, right? So he already knows. Praise God. That's a good thing. He already knows. Any trial or trouble you're going through right now, God already knows the, out, the outcome. He already has the answer. Look at verse 10. There's something we're to do, though. Look at verse 10. Jesus said to them, make these people sit down. Some of you just need to sit down be still and know that I am God. Say, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to be still, and I'm knowing that he is God, and he doesn't change. He doesn't change. He asked a question to see if, what their response was, and he says, have them sit down. So when Jesus says to you, sit down, Junior, you don't need to fret. You don't need to worry. I already have the solution. I already have the answer. He already has your answer. He already has your solution. He already, he says in his word that everything that he brings to us is good. So he already has that good and perfect answer. And he's saying, sit. In other words, be still and know that I'm God. Psalm 4610, right? Be still, be still. Don't be fretting. Don't be worrying. Be still and know that I'm God. In repentance and in rest is your salvation. I love the scripture. It's in verse, um, Isaiah 30, verse 15. Isaiah 30, 15. You can write it down. In repentance and in rest is your salvation. In repentance, rest. Repentance, rest. Hey, repentance is a good word. Amen. Repentance, rest. You can't rest until you repent. When you repent, you can rest. Repentance and rest. In repentance and in rest, it says, is your salvation. In quietness and in trust is your strength. In repentance and in rest. God wants you to rest. God wants you to rest. I don't mean sit down and don't do another thing the rest of your life. But I mean internally God wants you to rest. He wants you to trust. He wants you to know that it is in repentance and in rest that is your salvation. In other words, saved, healed, and delivered. God's got it already figured out. He didn't have to figure it out. He just said, and it was. It's already done. He created it, created the world. He created, created you, 
So in repentance and in rest, that means it's our job. It is our job to make sure we walk in a spirit of repentance. And when we do, we walk in rest. It's kind of simple. When we do, we walk in rest. So then this version here says quietness and confidence is your strength. Right? And that's the second part of that. In quietness, and, and I have in quietness and in trust is your, is your strength. And that's the same thing. In quietness, internal quietness, and trust. See, they had all these people, and there was no food. And they didn't know how they were going to feed them, but Jesus knew. You may have a big, big problem that you're looking at right now. And you don't know how you're going to take care of that problem. But you're not going to take care of that problem. You're going to let Jesus take care of that problem. Say, Jesus is going to take care of this problem. The problem now has turned to a solution. Say, the, the solution is in Christ. What did you do? Rest. Repentance and rest is my salvation. Get your side of the street cleaned up. Make sure you walk in repentance. Get what you can do. Make, that sh make sure that part is right. Repentance, right? And then rest. And then the rest, God's saying, I'm going to take care of this. So make the people sit down, verse 10. And he says, now there was much grass in this place. So the men sat down and in number, about 5,000. Look at verse 11. The next thing that we do, verse 11. He took the loaves. This is what Jesus did. And when he had given thanks... In the midst of your trial and circumstance, give him thanks. In your resting, give him thanks. When you don't like what's happening, give him thanks. In the confusion, in the question mark, in the uncertainty, give him thanks. The Bible says to give him thanks in all things. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything, give him thanks. In everything, right? Thanksgiving brings multiplication. And I am going to turn to Jeremiah 30. Thanksgiving, when you give thanks, it brings multiplication. In other words, there's going to be a multiplication and increase. There's going to be more. God's goodness, more in your life. More of God's goodness in your life when you give thanks when you don't understand. Thanks when it hurts. Give thanks when it looks like it's all over. Give thanks. Amen. You know, you can only, those that really have gone through some difficulties and they've done this are the ones that I can hear saying amen. I thought that might be a few more of you. Those that really have gone through some things and no matter what, they'll continue to give thanks. It should be every single one of us in this room because I'm not talking to new believers should be every single one in this room. And some of you are being more quiet, and that's all right, but I know in your heart there's a big old thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that you never gave up on me. Thank you, Jesus, for your faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus, that even though some of the answers to my prayers didn't come out in the way I was believing and hoping and standing, no matter what, I will thank you, Jesus, because you're always good. I will thank you, Lord, because your great faithfulness abounds to me. I will thank you, God, because you truly are enough. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Right? So let's look how it, the thanks when we thank him, it increases, um, his goodness, his blessing increases. And when we look at Jeremiah 30 and in verse 19, it says, then, and when you look before, it talks about he's going to restore. Why? Because there was restoration that was needed. 
you know, he's going to heal. Why? Because there was healing that's needed. So there was some devastation, right? So when we give thanks, look, look at verse thir- uh, 19 now, uh, Jeremiah 30, 19. Then out of them shall proceed thanksgiving, the voice of those who make merry. I will multiply them. Right there, we see already, he's going to multiply, and they shall not diminish. You're not going to diminish. God is not done with you yet. He says, I'm going to multiply what I've already put in your spirit to do. You're not going to diminish. You're not, you're not yesterday's, you know, um, assignment. You're, God says, he's an ever-present help. Today, today, today is the day of salvation. So he says, I will also glorify them, and they shall not be small. So what is God doing? Multiplication. He's not diminishing, multiplying. And he's saying right there, he's saying, listen, when you just, when you seek my face and no matter what you're going through, I'm going to, I'm bringing the increase. I'm going to give, you just thank me. Be still in your trial. Be still inwardly. Be still. Know that I am God. Know that I am God. Amen. There's another scripture that um, I'll just read. You don't have to, you don't have to turn there. But it is in, um, it's in, it's in Exodus 14, 14, that the Lord will fight for you and you need to only be still. The Lord will fight for you. You know, and this scripture, I've given the scriptures, this scripture to many people because it, that have gone, they're going through something that it's difficult where it looks like, you know, you're facing a situation like there's a court or a judge or something that, boy, it's hard. Be still, be still. The Lord will fight for you. No matter what's going on, be still. They didn't, let's take it back to the story, feeding of the 5,000. They didn't have the food that they needed to feed these people. And they were looking, where do we go? What do we do? And Jesus, Jesus said to them, what do you think? What, do, what should we do? In other words, when you have that question, that's an opportunity for you to pass the test. How? Speak the word of Christ. Speak the word of God. Get the word of God coming out of you. When there's a question, it's like him asking him a question. Not because he needed to know the answer, but he was looking to see, is he going to respond right? Pass the test. Are you going to respond right? Well, I don't know what to do here in this situation. It's difficult. Are you going to respond right? Because God already has the answer. He already knows. But he's looking to see, are you going to respond right? After your response, be still and know that he is God. Be still. After you're still, give him thanks. Give him thanks. What happens when you give him thanks? Multiplication. Say, God's the multiplier. He's going to multiply all that I need. He's bringing it. He's an exceedingly, abundantly kind of a God. Look at verse 12. And and let's go back, first of all, to John 6. And then we're going to look at verse 12. I hope and pray you guys are taking this into your spirit, man, and really uh, letting his word just fill you. So look at verse 12. So when they were filled, they were all sitting there. There wasn't any food to eat. Now they ate. When they were filled, God wants to fill you. And on the other side of that trial, you're going to look back and go, man, there was a day that we didn't have anything to eat. There was a day that we were empty. There was a day that we were, there was, it was, it looked pretty bad. It looked pretty bad. But now we're looking at the other side going, wow, I remember that day. Wow, remember the goodness of God. And now you have something to give to somebody else and your faith can carry them because you know God carried you, right? So now your faith can carry them because you know God carried you. And so it says, verse 12, when they were filled, say, I'm filled. The power of the Holy Ghost, I'm filled. He supplies. He supplies for you. He's your supplier, okay? It says, when they were filled, 
he said to his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain so that nothing is lost. Everything you went through, nothing will be lost. He is your supplier. He's going to make sure that everything, all the fragments, don't go, oh, there's all these broken pieces and it's fragmented everywhere I look. God wants to heal. He wants to restore. He wants to multiply. And he wants to make those fragments into a beautiful mosaic if you just let him. Just let him. There's a beautiful mosaic that's actually coming about in your life. There's a beautiful mosaic. Sometimes in the process of building the mosaic, you don't see it, you don't know it, it doesn't feel very good, but there's a beautiful mosaic that's happening in your life. Let's all stand and give God the glory and the praise. Father, we thank you. Yeah, go ahead and stand. Go ahead and stand. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for your word, which is alive. Uh, we thank you that you are making beautiful mosaics out of our lives, every one of us. Yes, brokenness may be here. Of course, brokenness is within, but at the same time, Lord God, we are healed in Jesus' name. At the same time, you, what you've said in your word that we're restored is what we stand on. And even when we have to go through that process and it doesn't feel very good and it hurts, at the same time, we continue to say, what a beautiful display of your glory. What a beautiful display of your aroma that you're bringing forth in and through my life i thank you lord i praise you no matter what my lips will always praise you father for you alone are good and i rejoice in the god of my salvation i rejoice in the god of my are you rejoicing in the god of your salvation god is faithful he is faithful hallelujah we sing it all the time because he's faithful because he is he is he's restoring what the locust has stolen he is God says in his word, I am who I am. That means I am who you need me to be. Do you need me to be your healer right now? Do you need me to be a counselor? Because I am who you He says, I am who I am. I am who I am. I am who I need, who you need me to be right now. Right now. There is no lack in the kingdom. There is no distance in the kingdom. So right now, I want you to put your hand on your stomach. Put your hand on your spirit, man. Say in the name of Jesus right now, fill me. Fill me, Lord God. Heal me. Restore unto me the years the locust has stolen. Father, show me the way to go. Lord, show me what I need to do. Lord, with the situation at home, children, spouses, show me what I need to do, Lord God. I want to walk as a sold out bride of Christ. I don't want any compromise, no mixture. I want to know the will of God, and I want to have the confidence to walk it out. I want to do it, not just be a hearer, but a doer of God's word. So, Lord God, do whatever you need to do in me. I am fully yours. Take me, Lord, wherever you need to take me. I totally trust you. I love you, and I praise the wonderful name of Jesus. Let's all give him a shout. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.